You're listening to Legends Cast, a proud member of the Camp Legend Podcasting Network. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash camplegend. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast Season 4 Starter Set. My name is Mark of the Lift and I hail from outside of Pittsburgh, PA. And with me today is my legendary never host, Dead Broke Nerd, and my catastrophically creative and eternally optimistic co-host, Gibbles and Bits. It's going to be back in the studio recording again on a Friday afternoon this time. Let's start with Gibby. Gibby, how you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm coming to you live from Memphis. That's like my favorite way to now pronounce the city because Memphis. Yeah, kind of kind of hits that southern twang of a lot of the people in the area. <laughs> and they are competing in the uh, the NCAA March Madness tournament right now. So I think yeah. they're an eight seed or a nine seed. So I'm I'm rooting for them. But I have to set realistic expectations about how far I think they're going to go. But it's always fun especially if they're at least a decent team to pick them for as an upset for a round or two. So I've, yeah. I've got them going at least a couple rounds. Just, you know, you gotta, gotta hold strong for the area you live in. That's right. That's right. There are already some big upsets, uh, UVA and, uh, Arizona, Oof. which I'm, which I'm not mad at UVA losing. If, if I'm yeah, honest, just, I hate UVA. DBN and I both come from Virginia state schools, uh, from George Mason university and yeah. UVA has this elitist, like snobbery snobby aura around them so to see them lose again like they got clapped five years ago on the day five years uh, before they they lost as the only number one seed to lose in the opening round and then they were a four seed and lost again so i was happy to see it you love to see it you really do this is about basketball right this is about sports this is about sports ball okay it's okay you don't have to appreciate it I don't, it's not that I don't appreciate it. It's that I just absolutely don't understand. It. Uh, <laughs> we, we are doing we're doing a March Madness with my other community over at Lux, but we're doing uh, like an animation bracket March Madness where people vote for their favorite animated, you know, movies and things. And uh, it's actually excellent. It's been it, that has been super fun. That's my type of March Madness is voting for animated yeah we, so. you know i happened to see that bracket and i have some questions for your community <laughs> the answer is none of them have watched any of uh uh miyazaki's films yeah that's I saw that's outrage the after Just, the first round that no studio ghibli or whatever I, it is films i made mean i am and i was like i don't care i am thoroughly <laughs> insulted that spirited away and kiki's delivery service got knocked out in the first round that is just uh, come what's on a, what's a kiki's delivery service you haven't seen that one? Oh, no. it's like it's like the most it's like the most like family-esque movie of all of the miyazaki films like it's really good the only miyazaki film i've ever seen is spirited away and it was Spirit- good it was good yeah spirited away is, is similar but spirited away have got some like there's some creepy moments in that that like sometimes kids don't like um but like kiki's delivery service is just straight up like an awesome kids movie Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like in a in contest with all of these other like you know Disney movies, Beauty and the Beast, and you know Zootopia, and you know it's like, come on, like, look, I'm I'm a Lion King guy. I love Beauty and the Beast. There's some great Disney movies that I would like. Oh man, that's a that's a good one. I see why it's there. But then, you know, come on, like you really gonna you really gonna vote out some of the best 
animation that the world has ever seen like that. Come on. I mean, the Lego movie is garbage. So excuse you. <laughs> I actually happen I'm to love the Lego movie. I'm 100. You son kidding. of a gun. I, we, I think we all agree <laughs> that it's a really good movie. It's actually I just really, knew uh, that I would get a rise out of both of you for that. We it's all actually, agree. So I feel like it's, I feel like it's still disrespected a lot. Like, do you, you know what I mean? Just the concept of it. Oh, yeah. it's a Lego it's movie. Just but like, not it's just not talked really about good. enough. How about that? Yeah, it's great. It's that. great. It's really good. It's, it's really great. funny. Well, today, uh, Finding Nemo versus Lion King. Uh, Finding Nemo. Is up Lion in, King. I think I'm a Lion King guy. Yeah. Um, and and so far we've just seen uh we've seen the the uh Into the Spider Verse make an absolute tear. I just, like, couldn't remember the name great of that movie, movie too. for a minute. Yeah, also a great movie, but that thing is on an absolute tear through the brackets. We'll kind of see. I, I think it's gonna win this week. We'll see if it wins next week. Anyway, if you really yeah, want when, to check when, it out. When there Finding is... Nemo gets a soundtrack that slaps as hard as Lion King's, uh, then we can talk. You know, right? <laughs> you know that's fair. I don't that think Sir Elton John part. appears anywhere uh, in, uh, <laughs> in Finding Tarzan? Nemo. Is Tarzan still in? I, I never think, think Tarzan. Music. I don't think Tarzan. Tarzan was it. not in it. Now no talk Collins, about though. disrespected. Yeah, because Tarzan should be in there. I think Tarzan's held back yeah. by uh, sort of the like, George the, of the Jungle. Yeah, well, yeah. I think it's held back by the, by the. I think it's actually just held back by the plot, uh, because the soundtrack is phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We could dive into that another time, but if you really wanted to check it out, you could also look up a podcast called The Round Table, and uh, that podcast is covering uh, the play by play for that March Madness. And I'm frequently on that one, not always. It's a live show done by the church that I lead, and so if you wanted to check it out, you can check it out. It's been super fun. Um, but we need to talk a little bit about uh, a card game called Duelist 2 because this is our final episode mm-hmm. uh, talking about Duelist 2 today. Hey, and in Can I just raise final... something real fast? I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, uh, no, I just want to say ahead. good on us for not talking about Destiny for like the fourth or fifth week in a row at the beginning of these. We crushed it. And now that I've said yeah. it, I've undone it. But please continue. But let's be honest. It's never <laughs> been me driving that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it may have been us bringing it up. I didn't even get into what have you been playing this week because right. I knew what was going to be happening was we would then just be talking about Destiny. And they're going to be like, these guys podcast about card games, but they just play Destiny all day. <laughs> and watch Disney uh, movies. <laughs> and watch Disney movies. Yeah, that's really all that we do. It's our full-time jobs. Um, but yeah, we, we're not talking about it. Instead, we're going to talk about card games and Good on us. Um, so we are in the final episode for this month's coverage of a card game, and we've been covering Duelist 2 for the last three weeks, and so this is the final one. We're going to give some final thoughts and final verdicts on uh, on Destiny 2, as or Destiny 2, Duelist 2 as a whole. Jeez, oh man. They're both D2 games. It's really not You've been incepted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, really, it's really not <laughs> Um. I do. I mean, I do have destiny on the brain. Um, I, I plan it a lot. Um, but so we're going to dive in. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Duelist 2, our kind of final thoughts, final reviews. And then once again, we give like the final up or down, thumbs up, thumbs down, what what we really think. And then we're going to ex- tell you what we're going to be playing next is we all need to start playing that game because in the month of April, we're going to be playing a different game. And I'm looking really quick. Is there is there a fifth month? There, there is a fifth Wednesday. Uh, in the month of March. So it looks likely like we'll actually have like a week off from the show. So you'll probably be picking up April 5th. Maybe we'll record something fun next week that isn't necessarily card game related yeah, something for or the Patreon. A new game. 
yeah, we might do something for the Patreon or, you know, do do something or we end up doing something for the feed, just something fun that's a little off of what we've been doing um, potentially. So let's dive in and let's talk about Duelist 2 and let's start with uh, DBN and let's talk about after a month, what are your favorite parts? Like, what do you think Duelist 2 after four weeks of playing it just does really, really well? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's simple, but um, powerful, which is that I feel like I am in control of my own uh, win rate. Mm. So, mm. like, I don't know if that makes sense or, or, or not, but like, you know, so Gibby and I play um, Pokemon Unite, right? And Pokemon Unite, uh, you, you play thousands of games and uh, you have a win rate and you know, there's always this ongoing debate in the community of like how important is win rate, right? Because especially if you play on the ladder, um, or or especially when there's really tough metas, uh, your win rate can be, or your individual wins can be warped by uh, other players pretty easily, right? Now, of course, mm-hmm. the counter argument to that is like, well, but by the same token, so could the opponents. So there could be games that you win that you don't realize that you won it because the enemy threw. Right. So like, you know, there's that's always been my prevailing theory. But at the end of the day, there is always this uncertainty and instability surrounding like, am I winning or not winning? And is it from even from an emotional one to one perspective when I lose a game or when I win a game, do I feel like it was because I was beaten or do I feel ripped off? And Mm. I think there is only one game in all of my Duelist 2 experiences where I felt chipped. And it was only because of a random effect in Abyssian that happened to stop my lethal by one point that I had otherwise. Um, so it's like, and even then, it's such a it's such an edge case that I go, I don't know, it's I, it's kind of a good story, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah, like it only happened, it only happened the one. There's not a one time, and it it's not like common. Where in yeah. games like uh, Snap losing to rng that was completely outside of your control happens like every three games all the time um right yeah literally all the time and and so like you know in snap i kind of had to learn to like just roll my eyes and not care about it but in this game i really feel like i can put my best foot forward from a competitive Mm -hmm. and you know intellectual standpoint and when i go into a game i can focus and at the end of the game i can see say wow i didn't win there and here's why and it wasn't random and it wasn't because of bad teammates it was because the other person beat me and there's so much individual performance in there that even when you have what seems to be on paper a poor matchup there's so many decision points that you can go and say hmm i think i could have navigated that better considering i saw i was playing abyssian and i don't seem to do well against them hmm or whatever yeah, uh, you know what? I had two conversations that sort of line up with that. One about a card game and one about uh, an RPG. Uh, like literally over, since last night, I've had two conversations. So one of them, I was just talking to somebody about the RNG nature of uh, Snap and how the only thing that really saves it is the fact that uh, you can surrender so easily. And we talked a little bit about how card games just by nature are so RNG like focused just in the way that you draw, the way that your opponents draw stuff like that, that is really hard to overcome 
uh, like a, a, a player's ability to basically blame the game for all of their losses, right? Like that was really, really common in Hearthstone. Yep. Like I didn't lose this game. Uh, you know, RNG lost this game. And I mean, it it is mitigated in a game like Snap because of your ability to surrender and lose a cube when you see a location flip that you know you can't win on. Um, but it is uh, really done well in this game. And then the other side of that was I had a conversation uh, with somebody about Elden Ring today on stream and their comment, which I thought was really good, was they said Elden Ring is hard but fair. Yeah. And I said, what, is that, what does that mean? He said, well, it's hard in the fact that it's a really difficult game, but it's fair in the fact that anytime you die, you know it was your fault. Yeah, and there's something um, to be learned from yeah. it. The fact mm-hmm. that you have, the fact that there is a person that exists that played through the entire uh, From Software line of games, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Elden Ring, uh, and uh, Sekiro, played through every single game without taking a single point of damage, the fact that that person exists is an indicator that the game is fair, it can be learned, it can be mastered, and when you make a mistake, it's your fault. Yeah. And so I think that this game, I mean, for as much as a card game can do that, right? Because it's still always limited, right? You don't have a guaranteed draw, whatever. So it's still always limited. But for as much as a card game is capable of that, I agree with you. I think that Duelist 2 does that really well, where you genuinely do feel like you are, the amount of randomness in the game is truly mitigated by also the amount of control that you have over the way that you play. Um, and when you do lose, you do look at it and say, yeah, that was probably my fault. Yep. Um, I could see where I misplayed here, there, whether it's the card that you played for getting to replace a card, whatever. Um, I agree. I, I, I totally, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, Gibby, I'd love to go to you too, man. What do you think? Like, what's the thing that this game does the best for you? Your favorite part of Duelist after a month? After a month? It has felt, well, one, I will say the the map piece and the way they approach the board to me is really interesting and it feels mm. balanced. Like there, a problem that I always had with Hearthstone and a lot of people complained about, there was always this conversation and maybe it's deeper than I go give it credit for right now, or maybe there is imbalance and I just haven't hit it yet on, um, in Hearthstone, the, the biggest difference was there was always a lot of conversation of win rates about being first versus being second or going first versus going second, which is totally random when you queue into a match with somebody. And I don't think that exists, at least not significantly in this game, a unfair balance between going first and going second based on the way that they have structured that board. You can pull off some kind of nutty openers, depending on what, um faction you're playing like i've been able to go second as abyssian chain chain the whole wraithling the three the three mana wraithlings to get two uh of the the mana tile boost and then play another two drop and that's a great opener but even then it's really not it didn't feel imbalanced at that point um so i really like hmm. that the opening game and the balance of the actual map feels normalized i love the way that they have structured the map itself something else i'd like also like to hit on is i like that every class while i wish that there were maybe a a couple more classes like i've said early on in in our kind of series of duelist 2 i wish or i'm happy that each 
while there are better matchups and worse matchups for the different factions, every faction can beat every faction. They all have mm. some kind of answer that works against other factions. And it's not so segmented in identity where they didn't, I think they found a nice blend of identity while still giving crossover in certain types of removal or um, certain spells that cancel out other effects. Like I, I think they've done a very good job structuring the factions. Mm. And that's been my favorite yeah. part. Okay. Yeah, no, I like that. And I, I agree with it too. And uh, my favorite part is actually going to build a little bit Gibby off of what your favorite part is because originally I was going to say, you know, Hey, it, I really do like, like the board, like the, the using the board and manipulating the board. Um, but I think what I like the most is how well they got faction identity to play into not just the cards and keywords, but also into the way that you play the game. Once the cards are on the board um, that, the the style of each faction doesn't feel like you're playing a different game it's not asynchronous in that way where it's like oh i'm playing which if you haven't played many asynchronous games like you may not really grasp that but like there are games that are so asynchronous that you're playing the same game but you feel like you're playing a completely different game like uh the game root for example is is a great board game root is a great example of that i think there's a digital version of root too if you wanted to check it out so it does feel like you're playing the same game um but your style changes substantially and it really does i feel like it uses your brain um in a different way and i think that they did a really good job of making sure that comes out, not just in deck building, not just in keywords, not just in, you know, playing your cards to the board, but also in, it comes out in spades in the way those cards interact with the board and how you want to play your faction, you know, once you're, once you're playing the game. Um, and I think other games, card games specifically have a harder time doing that because of the more, like two-dimensional uh style of board you know the board that you have you play your cards to the board and you make their attacks or they defend or whatever and whether attacker or defender has priority you know might be a little different from one game to the next but you you don't get the ability to differentiate a lot and like it just feels different when a thing has flying in this game and can move anywhere on the board and a faction has more flying creatures versus uh flying in magic right that says uh oh i just can't be blocked by anything that doesn't have flying what well, feels very similar even though there's a keyword on it right uh the keyword ranged in this game you play very differently with ranged than you would if ranged let's say your cards retaliate in uh you know hearthstone or something right you deal your damage to each other the ranged keyword in that might it just doesn't feel as vibrant i feel like they were able to amp up uh, all of the keywords and the identity of the factions by using this board. And I think that is, I think that was one of my favorite parts of it that I would, I, I played, I think four of the factions a lot, like I, the, I, the most, right. And each of those factions felt very unique, very unique. It wasn't like, Oh yeah, here's the staple cards. And really what I'm playing is aggro control or mid range, right? Those those things exist, but the factions have a lot more to say about the feel of the game that you're playing 
which I, I really enjoyed. I don't know if either of you guys thought that as well. Maybe maybe that experience was unique to me, but No, I, I, I can agree. Cool. I think I think mechanically, like like you were saying, from a feel perspective, I do I do appreciate the differences in mechanics for each of the factions and feel like they're quite unique. Mm. So I get that. Yeah. Well, let's move on. And, you know, every game has its good points and Mm -hmm. every game also has its bad ones. And, uh, you know, we want to we want to be honest about the game that we're playing. So the next question in DBN, we'll kick it to you is what is your least favorite thing about Duelist 2? Like, what do you feel like maybe they didn't hit on so much after a month of playing it? What do you not like about the game? Yeah, I think when it comes down to it. I'm going to, I have two things, I guess I want to say here. One is like simpler and easier to get out. And the other one's more complicated. First, the simple one, I don't care for the art style. Mm. Even now, having played the game a lot more and also grown attached to the game in a certain way, I still wish the art style was different. I've never Mm. been big into pixel art. I also think it makes it hard. I don't like that. I can't see details on these characters makes it harder for me to connect with the little, you know, cards and the creatures. Um, there's one or two that I've been like, Oh, I really like that one. Um, but for the most part, most of them are just pieces. I don't connect to the cards. I don't go, Oh, I love the animation on this one or, Oh, I love the, you know, the look of this one. Nah, it just doesn't connect with me. Um, so that's the first thing. It's just not for me. And I think the lore similarly is a thing where it's like it's all abstract. This game could be right now. I I mean obviously I I'm exaggerating here cuz I think if it was just little chess pieces it would it wouldn't be as enjoyable cuz at least to a certain extent you like to see a big, you know, horned rhino thing or a big, you know, guy with an axe or whatever. But I think that you could reskin this to be literally anything and I would play it Mm. because I don't connect really at all with the aesthetic and with the lore and with the, you know, factional identity outside of mechanics. I, I just can't connect with it. So there's that. And the second thing I don't like about this game, and this is harsh and I don't want this to, um, (laughs) <laughs> to become like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like this game's the worst. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, this is harsh And that, you know why my least favorite part of this game is the fact that I don't think it will succeed. Mm. Like I, I, that's so terrible to say. And maybe that I shouldn't say this for future games that we want people to come on and talk about, but long-term, I, I just don't understand the, business model i guess and i yeah, i like i'm concerned about around. longevity i mean and and i like you know for context mark you and i have played some great games that died in front of us gibby yep. too we played l5r very heavily competed and it died in front of us and i guess i'm just tired of investing in games that i that fall apart and slowly wither out and that's going to be all games eventually but there are the games that you're like, okay, if I put time into this, it's going to be around for a while and I'm going to get my, get enjoyment out of it. And it's not going to be a sad decline. Like, you know, we saw from Tesla, we saw from L5R, 
you know, um, and I guess this just sings flags for me in that mm. as great of a game as it is to actually play, I just find myself reluctant to put money into it. I find myself reluctant to really dive in more than just cursory playing on the ladder, which I've been doing and let it be known. Like I, I've been enjoying playing this game, but I feel like I'm playing it with this mentality of I'm, I'm just here temporarily. I'm just a visitor in this mm. game. And it's hard for me to find the, to connect with it enough and to see the, yeah, to see, I guess see the business case for it that, that I should continue to invest time into it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's more of like, we, I think as gamers often a lot put, we put games in boxes in our minds of this is a game that I have a desire to, to bring commitment towards versus this is just a casual game for me versus this is a game that I have a want to explore further, but there's a couple caveats of things that I'd like to see happen. If I'm going to switch it from a casual game to. Yeah. A, that's a great way to a, put it. Yeah. A, like, like a commitment kind of a game and like move it over into that bucket. And I think the nature from what we know about Duelist too and how it came about its revival speaks a lot to maybe how you're feeling and to an extent how I also feel because there's, there's you made some great points that I do agree with on where this game currently sits that this was a game that was completely revived via Kickstarter of the community after it was dropped mm -hmm. by the publishing company of Duelist 1 that it came it has made a resurgence because of the the funding that the community said we love this game we want to make another version of it that is going to be a bit better than maybe some of the <laughs> issues that Duelist 1 had and we want to revive it and i think that is an admirable uh quality of this game that it is does have such a devoted community to it but it needs more than just a devoted community to yep. I think to, to take a jump mm -hmm. and really like in a space that has so many other good options for card games and digital just digital games in general like it, it's it's got to cement itself as a worth time worthwhile investment somehow I think that the pieces are there for it that it's unique enough and that it's it's a cool enough game and it's a challenging and hard enough game that it could be a very strong competitive card game in the digital space but it needs like a, an overarching company publishing commitment to make it happen that doesn't feel like it's there right now. And I say right now specifically that I'm not sold on the idea that it won't. Mm -hmm. If, but if it continues on this train and remember we're still in the open beta of it. If, if this, if it continues on this train and doesn't really pick up any more steam or traction from like a an overarching like visibility and there's a publishing company that's going to pour a bunch of money into it and continue to to build and fix it. I think you're right. I think that I think this will kind of plateau. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, it's great. The game the game is really good, but the you need more than a committed existing player base. Eventually, they're going to have all the cards and have no reason to spend money on your game. You need new players coming in who are willing and wanting to spend money on your game, and that's absolutely true. Gibby, tell me what is uh, what is something that you know in your experience over the last month is just hey, this is my least favorite part of Duelist. I think I think the uh, the rate at which and and I say this, and I have taken maybe a different approach to how I've wanted to learn the game. 
is I've only played a couple different factions and I've wanted to rank those factions up and get specifically cards within the factions that we've been one know how we broke it out last time that we wanted to be kind of become experts on a couple of the factions each that way we could speak to them better for our kind of our breakdowns our breakdown segment um but i haven't played all of the factions in depth i've played a couple factions ranked them up to 10 plus whatever it might be um to kind of gain some of the cards within the specific pool but i have felt overall like the amount of coins that i have earned in the game has been slower than I've wanted. I feel like I've Mm. been pouring a decent amount of hours into the game and I haven't really received quite enough coins and or options for orbs to really build my collection to a meaningful place because you have, you can have three cards, three of each card in the game. Now I, what I will say is, I mean, I know that you get, an orb for ranking up every certain number of levels early on. And that's great. And for each faction, and that's great. And then because I haven't played some of the factions, maybe that's tainting my idea of how fast you really can build your card pool. Granted, you do get specific cards for whatever faction you're playing early. So I think there is... I think I could stand to see them giving you more coins or more spirit to craft cards that you want early on, especially in a game that is trying to build up steam. It really requires quite an investment of your time and energy to really build up enough resources to make any sort of deck that doesn't feel hodgepodgey and feel and feel relatively like succinct and meaningful. Mm. So that's that's yeah. what I wish. I wish that I wish I could just earn a little bit more re- in-game free currency resources a little bit quicker. Gibby and I, Gibby and I are thinking on the same page, man. Today, the the the, the two of us. My my least favorite thing, and I don't disagree with you, DBN. That I am, I I didn't even think about that, but I certainly would have some level of concern about the longevity of this game. Yeah. Like, how long is it actually going <laughs> to stick around? Um, but I think my concern with it, it seems, I think I, I feel like I've just been ruined by Legends of Runeterra and Snap to a certain extent, um, where the, the process by which we get cards seems a little uh, outdated to me. Um, like the monetization model and the process by which I collect cards and play the game just doesn't feel great. Um, and so I, I agree on the, like, Hey, it feels like it's taking me too long to collect cards, but it isn't, it isn't necessarily the length of time that it's taking me to collect cards. It has, it's more to do with the feeling that I get as I'm going through the process of collecting those cards of cracking the packs, like not even feeling like I have of like dusting cards and crafting cards. I'm just like, I don't, I, I feel like I'm just over that model to a certain extent. Um, and I would be totally in. I like the models where you get like wild cards. Uh, I like the models where they basically are going to give you the cards throughout the course of the game. They're earnable and they're earnable, you know, relatively quickly in such a way that you can play the game, but then they sell a lot of cosmetics. I understand why this game, I mean, this game has a cosmetic shop. I was like never interested in it. Because I agree with DBN as well. The art style isn't my style. Um, and so I just never ended up ultra interested in 
buying a cosmetic because I was like, yeah, I don't really care whether my dude is green or red. I don't like how he looks either way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I'm what fuzzy I'm sure color do I cool. want here? And not only that, I never even saw people really do that, right? Like, I never even saw people with cosmetics. I think I played against one person in all of my games that actually had cosmetics, you know? So, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything that you guys said. And then I'm just like, I with the way new card games are now, I want a better and more modern system for actually building my collection. Um, well, let's move on to the next one. And that's this. What does this game do uniquely that other games need to add? Like if if you could pick out one quality of life thing, one gameplay thing and say, hey, I wish that every card game we played in the future over the rest of this year had this. What would that thing be? DBN, you're up first. Don't take mine. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, uh, this we'll, is... we'll probably double up on this one at some point. No, I, I'm not. The, the crazy thing is that I've been sitting here thinking about it, and I'm not sure what to pick because there's a lot of UI stuff um, that I really, really, really like about this game. Uh, I think I talked about that in one of the earlier episodes about all of the work that they've done to support the dedicated player base, um, which, you know, again, I think I, I say that maybe it's, um, you know, in, in contrast to what I just said about how I'm concerned about the longevity of the game. Um, but they, cause I don't think they've made bad. I don't think they've made mistakes really in terms of like, you know, the user interface and the playability, the mechanics. I don't think they've made mistakes when it comes to um, supporting their existing players. All of my concerns have to do with building an audience and maintaining interest. Um, so I guess when I come around to thinking about like what my favorite thing that they have and that other games should do, it has to do with the replay system and the watching game system, mm. because not only did I, uh, do I use that sometimes? Um, but as a new player, that was very, especially as a new player that wanted to, that likes to do research on the game and likes to, you know, look things up. I'll be honest right now, Googling stuff for Duelist 2 doesn't always give you great results. You'll get a lot of like things <laughs> from posting about it. Well, there's not a lot of it posting about it, but, but there's answers. Well, you also get some weird stuff from uh, sometimes it gets mixed in with Duelist 1. You know, uh, Google mm. will mix it up with Duelist One commentary, or the the videos will be from previous patches and stuff like that. So, you're like, you're not s fully secure, and that like that's the right thing. So, you have to do some digging to get to the resources that are helpful. But more than that, this is a game where just getting a deck list is as is much less useful than you think it is. You can get a deck list, and obviously, as a new player, you won't have everything in it. But if you get a deck list, you you won't necessarily understand how to pilot it because it's unlike in hearthstone where sometimes those things play themselves a little bit like how you position things the combos everything there's so much to learn so one of the best things in the world was me going to the watch category clicking over to the s tier rank and scrolling through recently played games to watch replays and when you watch these replays it goes at like <clears throat> And like fast speed as if nobody was thinking or you can toggle it, I think, to be in real time. Um, but but realistically, you get to watch from one player's side as they mulligan, as they put things back, where they position, what cards they play, what's in even in their deck. That's so that's been so great for me. 
Uh, and I would love to see more of that implemented, especially like these these high level replays to make them a like a key part of navigating the the main menu. And so it's not tucked away and hidden somewhere uh, like some games have tucked and hidden it away, but also just the ability to make it um, accessible for a game like a card game where watching high level play is so both interesting, but also a great learning tool. So I'm going to go with that. I think obviously. It's, it would be very easy to just say the board because I, I love the board, but that's mm-hmm. a, that is yeah. the big thing that makes it different. So I'm trying to steer away from that because that's a like mechanic thing. So what can other games do like oh, this? Sure. I think you can implement some of these great UI features like the watch category. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and the question really is like, what do you want to see from Duelist in other games? And I don't want all my games to have a board. I'm glad that Duelist has one. Yeah, I that's fair. That's fair. To have a board. No, right? that's fair. That's right. Gibby, how about you? Is there something different than DBN that you would take with you, or do you kind of feel similar about the the watchability? Sure, I'll, I'll touch on mine, and I feel like I've stolen a lot of your thoughts here on this episode, Mark. So if That's I okay. named the thing that you are also thinking of, stop me, and I want to hear your thoughts on it first. Um, for me, it is the replace mechanic in your hand. Mm. Um, I think being able to replay, and I'm not to say that other games because I haven't played every game, but like not to say other games don't have that replace mechanic, but being able to do that every turn, I think is a fantastic feature that helps mitigate some of the, um, I think it actually opens up in a weird way. It opens up your deck building options because it doesn't feel like you have to play that you're locked in and like you just ingrained that you have to play a certain amount of early game or a certain amount of late game and that, or you have to curve out in, in, in a very specific way and a fear of like getting a bad draw in a way you have a decent chance to mulligan at the start of your game and each turn replace a card to try and dig for or draw. Even if it's not there, the, the answer that you would optimally need, just something to be able to play on a turn because half of the battle is you being able to effectively use your mana that you gain each turn which mm-hmm. not in a, and not in every situation are you going to play all of your mana because it doesn't make sense or you're holding a card for an effect based on an ans- as an answer to something that you anticipate your opponent going to play against you if you kind of know what kind of deck they're playing or what a faction that they're that you're up against. So I really like the replace mechanic. I think it has been fantastic. It has I think increased the skill level of mm-hmm. my games and some of the playability that i don't know just in each of my games i have i have just really enjoyed that it's a simple thing but it's so useful i yeah, that was not mine i liked it mine was much closer to dbn's uh and that is i wish other games would put the time energy and emphasis on the full suite of features that this game came out with i i'm I'm very I I'm still very impressed by the insane amount of things like I don't I, don't, I haven't played a single card game that has a robust watch feature to watch top ranked games previous matches all of that stuff there's no other is there another game in existence that has that do you even know of one dbn or gibby i don't know of i don't know of one that has all of the things that this has like i there are i know games that have the watch feature i know games that have some of these other features uh i i'd say some of the games like i i think dota 2 just from my experience dota 2 has most of everything that you could possibly need but that game's been out for for ages 
they didn't come yeah. out with all that stuff. Um, so, you know, ooh, they really are doing yeah. that right from a, you know, player support angle. And I know that, like, you know, if the game's big enough, you'll see some of that stuff. People can go watch on Twitch. But I just wish, you know, I just think even for, like, uh, Snap, like, man, what if Snap had come out with a feature where you could watch, you know, games from the top ranked, you know, Infinity players? Like, quick games where I could just watch what they played and what decks they were playing. Um, it's a healthier way for a meta to develop. I feel like, like if, if the, if the best decks already get discovered and put on the internets, right? Like allowing people to discover them through watching games and maybe even allowing top ranked players to maybe turn that off. So people can't always watch them does make a little bit. I, sense, I think they, right? I think that you can do that actually. Oh, you can actually, I, do I that think so because See, there I, were some that I tried to click on that it wouldn't do anything. So I think you can actually, yeah, you can block spectators. Uh, it's in the menus. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it is a really like the suite of systems that came around this game. I wish other card games with bigger budgets and bigger teams would look at what Duelist has pulled off and said, if this team was able to pull this off from a Kickstarter project, what is preventing us from pulling off the suite of features that are offered here? I want to see that suite of features in every card game that we play. I want to see that in the next game that we play. I want to see it in all of them. You know what it I is? I thought it was great. It's profitability. Like, you can do all of these things, and they make for a happy player base, but most games aren't being funded by Kickstarter money. And I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what the, the Duelist Kickstarter was like. I don't know if they had tiers where it's like, if you do this tier, we'll add a replay function or whatever. Yeah. It could have been that. It could just completely not have been. But the motivation when you're creating a game off of Kickstarter money and the motivation where you're a publishing house or, or whatever, or you're, you're a developer that needs to sell this to a big publishing company like EA or whatever, in order to make a profit, you cut corners like this. And I'm not saying they should cut corners like this. Cause they think that's the biggest problem with the video game industry right now is the lack of player empathy and the willingness to cut corners on bugs to cut corners on graphical issues. I mean, shoot, if you look at, there's no better example than Pokemon Scarlet and Violet when it comes to cutting corners in order to turn their profit for their investors. And so mm-hmm. there is a lack of player empathy. There's also a lack of listening to your own player base as to what they want. Um, that goes on and the bigger and the bigger these companies go welcome to capitalism right like that's just how it goes <laughs> but the charm of these more indie games or games like this that have been kickstarter funded whether or not they're going to end up being profitable enough or not and we can debate that uh for duelist i think that that is a big advantage they have and if they can find a way to leverage that advantage but with a big enough ip or with a a strong enough marketing campaign to be able to convert that goodwill into dollars that's the perfect storm mm. hmm. yeah well we're yet to see the card game do that so yeah, well. who, who knows <laughs> maybe we'll find it sometime this year um, <laughs> but uh lastly and this is our final verdict on each of the card games that we do thumbs up or thumbs down is it something you're going to continue to play throughout the year or do you think it's a game that hey we're through it. It's done. Uh, we're moving on to the next thing. I probably won't be booting this up. 
Uh, Gibby, let's go to you first this time. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Is this a game you feel like you're going to continue to play? Or do you think that well, as we move on to the next game, you also are moving on from Duelist? Uh, thumbs up for me. I think there's a lot left for me to explore in this game. I think there is a whole level of uh, play that I haven't reached yet because I haven't really gotten in deep into the card pool yet. I also think that there is a lot of uh, exploring I still have to do on some other factions that I am very interested in doing. Um, I'm going to speak in the short term, though, that this is a, a game that I do intend on continuing to play and raising my ceiling on as a player and exploring and having a great time doing it. Um, I don't know what they plan on doing with the game in the future, and I think that will also depict maybe the commitment or some of the longevity that I have as a player in this game, depending on what they end up doing with it. But for now, I will safely, definitely say and can confirm thumbs up. Okay. How about you, DBN? A game you're going to continue to play or a game you think after this month, also the end of Duelist 2 for you? Uh, thumbs up. Thumbs up. I am, despite my concerns and, and whatever, I really do like this game. Um, it is not, I think it will remain for the time being in the casual uh, box that Gibby so kindly uh, drew an allegory for. Uh, and that mm -hmm. is where it sits currently. But whereas I think um, Inscription went into a, hey, that was fun box. Uh, and Marvel Snap has floated into a, um, when I'm sitting at a bus stop only box, which mm. I <laughs> thought it wouldn't. It's uh, a good but, box. <laughs> well, you know, it really, I, the only times I've booted up and if I'm sitting in a waiting room for a dentist appointment or something like that. The reality is, is that I've stopped playing Marvel Snap. Um, in in favor of other games including duelist right and mm -hmm. so i think duelist i suspect duelist will survive uh living in the casual game but a game that i boot up a couple times a week box um because i like it a lot and i feel like my time spent playing it is not wasted uh which is the best thing for any game <laughs> so thumbs mm -hmm. up for me it's a great game okay well uh i'll be honest my response is game overall it's good i'm not i'm not i'm not saying my response is not that i don't think the game is good but it's a thumbs down for me um this isn't going to be a game that i'm going to continue to play um i enjoyed my time in duelist too i liked it i think that one of the things that keeps me in games is theme we've talked about this tons of times on the podcast where theme is very important to me and it has it just didn't captivate me um i like it but the obstacles for collecting the cards have made me just like i'm not i'm not jumping on my pc to do it and finally the fact that it's not on mobile if it was a mobile client if there was a mobile app for it i think this game would be something that i most certainly would continue to play after this month i think it would be a game that as i was sitting on the couch in the evening I would pull it out, and instead of playing five games of Marvel Snap, I would play two games of Duelist, honestly, um, because I do like the way my brain works when I'm playing it. Um, but I, I just don't, uh, just being realistic, I don't see myself booting up this game beyond the amount that I booted it up to research it and to play play it for the podcast. Um, 
So two thumbs up and a thumbs down in terms of continuing to explore it and continuing to play the game. And uh, we'll see how accurate that is for any of us Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the year when we go back and say, hey, realistically, which games did we actually keep playing? Um, Yeah, it's interesting because we all had the thumbs up for Marvel Snap. This is definitely a game that we're going to keep playing. And I think I have waned on it. DBN, you're kind of like bus stop playing it now, right? I don't know. I think, Gibby, you're still playing it probably about as much as me. Uh, maybe it's less. floating between casual, but it's also trying to jump out of that box to bus stop. I think it's very <laughs> much, I think it's very much. Uh, yeah, it's 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 teetering right now. I think it's a victim of its release schedule. I think the drip release of one card at a time is holding it back as opposed to if they released a bunch of cards at once, like an expansion. I think that would it pull people back in because the the wow factor, the innovation. Mm. But the drip of one card a month, I think, is actually hurting it. But that's a discussion mm. for another time. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure we'll touch back on that at some point. Well, guys, that's going to do it for our final thoughts and reviews on Duelist 2. And what we want to do is we want to close out by telling you what we're going to be playing next. So our goal is to play a like widely known, popular, large card game, um, and then to play a single player card game, and then to play an obscure card game, kind of in that cycle over the next over the course of the year. So we played Snap, which was a widespread large card game, uh, and then Inscription, single player, and then uh, Duelist 2, which is a bit of a niche, smaller game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're back around to a large game. And that large game we're going to try out is we're all going to jump into the Pokemon TCG uh, next month. Yeah. So... <laughs> Double Pokemon for DBN and Gibby as they both play Unite every week and now are going to have to play the card game. That's as right. Well. That's right. It's going to be great. Yeah. Just be prepared for the very real conversation about the energy system in the game. Yeah. Buckle uh, up. Buckle That's up all I, I'll just preview that. Buckle up. Because I, I already know how I feel about it. Poke, I may or may not be tempted to make Pikachu noises. They better not. <laughs> uh, where do people well, uh, get a hold of that game so they can play it along with us? Oh, that's a really good question. So I actually don't know where it all is, but I think if you look up, um, uh, I looked it up the other day and got it. Um, and that was a question as much for me as for our audience. I mean, being honest, (laughs) yeah, I take it. It's not Um, a steam thing. No, it's not a steam thing. It's its own client. So it is Pokemon TCG online. So you can go to Pokemon.com and then I think you can go to trading card game in the top of it. And then uh, one of the first ones is an important announcement about the TCG online. So you can download the TCG online client right off the bat. Um, and so, well, that one's just news about it. But there is some place on their website okay. in the trading card game where you can go and you can be like, okay, I want to go and I want to download online. Or if you look up Pokemon online TCG, you should be able to find a download link for it. I'll actually put it in the description of this episode so you can just straight download it. Um, I do have it downloaded on my computer. One of the nice things is, so there's two things that you should just know going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the nice things is it's going to give you a bunch of starter decks that are pretty strong because nice. Pokemon as a whole has an insane amount of cards. We're not walking into like a duelist or a snap scenario here where it's like a new game and we're kind of on the base level for it. Pokemon has been around since 99 uh, it has a lot of cards in it, and there's formats and tons of stuff that we don't understand because none of us are Pokemon card play- card game players. No. <laughs> um, but when you go in, the first thing that they are going to do is they're going to give you some decks. So I think you get one, 
two, three, four, five, six, six, six or eight decks when you get in, like right off the bat. You get a Shadow Rider deck, you get a water deck that has the water dog in it, legendary dog. Um, you get like a fighting water deck, a rapid strike deck, which is psychic. Um, you get like a sniper uh water deck, a blissey deck, a decidui deck. Uh, who's that really busted uh Pokemon right now in Pokemon? Zashin. Unite. Zashin. Zashin. You get a Zashin yeah. deck and a Lugia deck. Ooh. And uh, you get like you get those decks right off the bat, and you can create decks and do all of that stuff. But you're gonna get a, a handful of starter decks that you can just jump in and play with. And I think that's what we are all gonna do is learn the game a little bit and jump in with some of those starter decks rather than going and spending a bunch of money. The other thing that you need to be aware of is if you go to like a Target or something and you pick up a deck of cards make sure it has the pokemon online symbol on it but if you buy a physical deck of pokemon cards you can scan that number and bring it in to your pokemon tcg client oh that's and you can get that deck in its fullness in game i will test that that's a it's really cool target today yeah, I'm gonna go test one of the, that. <laughs> one of the cool things that's what I went like. I researched a couple and I found one that was like a standard uh, deck that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, that I thought like, oh, that has some cool Pokemon in it. It's rated pretty well, and I went and picked it up for like 15 bucks. And yep, you open it up, it gives you a card inside of it with a code inside the box. And I punched in the code and I got the whole deck. Nice. And, it, and it's not just like it's set and you have to play that deck. It also gives you all those cards into your collection, so you can go play all of those cards. And every pack that you buy, I believe, has one of those cards in it that you can get the physical packs and then bring them into this game. That's one of the very wow, unique very things unique, yeah. about this game um, that I think is totally dope. Uh, I think it's really, really cool. The game itself is relatively generous as well. well um, wait, hold on. Hold on. We're, we're getting too ahead of ourselves. We got to okay, save something for the first episode. Stop it. Yes, we can tell who's excited about this. I am I am a little bit excited about it. He gave it, a thumbs yes. down to Duelist 2 and he's already on in, in just starting episode <laughs> one of the next season. I see big from one girl to the next over here. Big CCG has his hooks in Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, check it out. Check it out and like big as, card and you game. find a you find a Pokemon or a deck that you like and you want to go pick it up at a Target or a Walmart, pick it up. And that might be a fun way to dive in with a deck that you feel attached to already because you have the physical cards in hand, mm. which is kind of a cool thing. Neat. So that's going to do it for this episode, though, guys. Come back uh, in next Just come week, back. In- Just please come, come back. back. Please come back and talk to us. Um, <laughs> we're either going to be next week having a conversation on the episode or on the feed or there'll be a Patreon. But we'll start on the Pokemon TCG in April. We need to tell so- you more about the boxes. <laughs> Just come back and hear more Destiny talk. <laughs> Please, please, please don't get tired of Destiny. I got a cool sidearm. Cowboy hat. I have a cowboy hat. I can't wait. I do, but DBN doesn't. There's a little salt in the wound for right at the end of the episode. We'll see you guys Uh, next time. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you in a couple weeks for our first episode of the Pokemon TCG. Thanks for listening to this episode of Legends Cast. You can join our podcast community by joining Discord using the link in the description of this episode. You can become a supporter of the show by visiting patreon.com slash camplegend. And don't forget to check out all of the other shows in the Camp Legend Podcast Network.